Hello, what's up? It's Aiden Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 7th of February, 2023. That's right. It was my birthday. That's what that sound means. It was my birthday on Sunday. Happy birthday to you, me. Happy. Man, that reminds me of a scene in... Do you guys ever see that show, Red Dwarf? Oh my god. Oh, he's yawning. Oh, I'm hit. I'm hit. I'm down. Dead. Oh, I've just spit on my fucking thing. <laughs> um, there's a scene in Red Dwarf where the hologram, Rimmer, they have a death day. I think it's they have a death day for him because he's dead, but he's a hologram and they have a day to commemorate his death. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, he's just drunk and he's singing and he's like... Happy birthday to you, me. He's like changing it halfway through, and it's very, very funny. Oh boy, oh boy. Now, I reckon this tea's gonna be too hot. Yeah, a little too hot, a bit ambitious there on that one. I had a wonderful birthday, you guys. Just a delightful day. Um, my uh, mate who lives over in Perth. Oh, God. Met me and another friend. So, oh, my wonderful girlfriend, first of all, couldn't get me a cake because it was on a Sunday and then nowhere would do a cake for pickup on Sundays, which to me is insane. Couldn't get a cake on Sundays? What are these fucking bakeries doing? But anyway, um, there was uh, this one bakery. Now, let me find the name of it so that I can give him a little shout out. Mary Street Bakery in West Leaderville in Perth, she couldn't get me a cake, but she got me a bunch of pastries from Mary Street Bakery, like a big-ass box, and she kept going, it's not a cake, it's not a cake, and then when it arrived, I was like, this is 100% a cake, because <laughs> it was in this big, like a cake box, but it wasn't a cake, it was pastries, it was so good, so a friend who I haven't seen in a few years, who's from Perth, came and picked me up. And we went to uh, the bakery. I picked that up. The bakery staff came out and sang to me. And they were like, we uh, like we were told we have to try and embarrass you. So like, are you embarrassed? I was, oh my God. I was like, I'm humiliated. I'm sorry I'm so tired right now because I've just had such a massive few days. Um, so yeah, did that. Went down the beach. Um, met up with uh, one of like a very old friend who... Um, Lives in Perth now, and then another of our mates came down. We were all at the beach, went for a swim, swam out to this fucking thing, jumped off it, did the whole, all of that. Um, had some food, came back home, had a bit of a quiet time, did my show. By the way, I'm in Perth, Perth Fringe shows, first night, great. Second night, the Saturday. To be honest, a bit shit. Wasn't happy with it. Third night, my birthday. That show was fucking awesome. Man, one of the door staff who I've worked with, this is my third year working with the crew of people that I've been like worked with in the past in Perth at the Belgian Beer Cafe. And this lady, her son was born on the exact same day, same day, same year as me. So she knows when my birthday is. And every year I've been there, she's gotten me like little cakes or something. And she made, 
chocolate mud cake and cut it up into brownie squares and gave it to me with a little candle. So I came into the room and I was just like, oh, she's the greatest. And she sang. And the other door guy sang happy birthday to me. Oh, I'm yawning again. I'm yawning again because I'm having feelings. Man. And then the show was great. I told the show. At the start of Sunday, I had two tickets for that show. And it ended up being fucking like... I think there was 13 in, which is that's great. I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, man. That was great. And then yesterday, me and my two mates went to um, Rotnest Island, which I'd never been to, but one of the guys, he was a bartender on the island for two years um, in the bars and whatever shit there. So he knows all the spots. So we just... Um, Took our bikes out there and spent the day. Got up at 7 on the ferry at 8.30 with some, like, fresh cooked um, fucking focaccia that my mate made. And then he made sandwiches out of them in the morning. And then we were, oh, just, like, swam, snorkeling. At the start, we had a beach all to ourselves. We were riding around. It wasn't too hot. I still got sunburnt like crazy. It was just a magical day. And all of that... Is important to say first because then last night I've just been having an absolute fucking nightmare of a situation with um, this adoption bullshit that I'm trying to do. All these forms and affidavits and stuff. And I guess I'm trying to practice like I don't want to ignore shitty things that are making me feel bad but I also don't want to dwell on them. So... Maybe I want to try and talk about the adoption affidavit stuff right now, but I also want to be like, I don't want to dwell on it and like, a le- like, so what's happening is to sign the adoption, to get the adoption done, my dad's adopting me so that his dad who was born in the UK, I can use as a fight to get a five year visa so that I can go and be with my girlfriend over there. Cause we're doing long distance right now and it's fucking hard. And, uh, so my stepdad adopting me, I mean, that's pretty normal. I mean, like, he would have adopted me anyway. I've talked about this before on the pod, but he would have adopted me anyway, but we just never got around to it, you know, because he was my dad since I was two. So now we're doing it, and I have to sign an affidavit. My mum has to sign one, and he has to sign one to say what the, you know, just like my childhood and all of that. And I'm doing it, so I've drafted them so that they can just check them and sign them, and... That was very stressful last week. If you listened, I was fucking... Oh, God. I'm getting a lot of yawns right now. I don't know whether it's because I'm tired or whether it's because I'm having feelings and I've noticed in therapy that yawning comes in when I have emotions that I'm trying to get away from. Anyway, so I've got these affidavits and they have to be signed in person, you know, in front of a justice of the peace and then the original copies sent to Perth so that I can hand them in in Perth. And the limiting factor on all of this is the adoption order has to be submitted while I'm still present in the state of WA. And I'm only here until Monday. Follow it, like Monday the 13th. So this has all got to be done quick and filed while I'm still here. And I've signed a, a statutory declaration to say that I'm still going to be present in the state up until the 13th. So my dad in Kalgoorlie signed all of his and it, and it arrived at my mate's place where we had it sent to. All good. Because I want to get it in this week. My mum's. Now my mum in Adelaide 
We were going to send hers to Kalgoorlie originally because Dad was going to then get it, collate all of the forms and then send them by post from Kalgoorlie. But we realised that was going to take too long because Kalgoorlie's in the middle of the fucking desert. So everything, we changed the plan and everything's going to get sent here to Perth. And my mum figured out that that was going to happen when she was at the post office. She'd addressed it to Kalgoorlie and then said to the person, oh, that's going to take too long. And the person, by all accounts, was very helpful at the post office and said, that's great. We'll change it. We'll, instead, we'll send it to, to my mate's house in Frio in Perth. And they gave her new tracking numbers and everything. But evidently, it's just... So, uh, what I reckon is... Fuck, oh, I'm so fucking mad at this, man. What I think has happened is that the person entered the Kalgoorlie address and then they changed it and rather than start it again, start the process again with a new tracking number, they just like kind of switched it around a little bit and it's been, long story short, it's been sent to Kalgoorlie. But the, but the address on the front of the envelope says Fremantle. So... It's gone to Kalgoorlie because they just scan it. They just have little scan guns with little barcodes and they fucking scan it and it goes, send it here. And so they've sent it there. But then the postie who has to deliver it is looking on the front of the envelopes and reading the addresses and he's gone, or she, or they, has gone, um, has gone, oh, this isn't for Kalgoorlie at all. This is for somewhere else. And so now it's just in some fucking massive sorting bin of people having to look through for by hand. And, like, I just... It needs to get to... Uh, and, and this is a bit personal, but the reason my mum... I was like, maybe my mum can just do another one and sign it, but she's having an operation, or she's just had one today, so she can't... I mean, this sounds like made up now, doesn't it? So she can't do another one today and she has to take all of tomorrow off and rest as well. So she just can't do another one in time. And if it doesn't arrive in time, then I'm going to have to come back to Perth, which is going to cost probably like, I don't know, 800 bucks round trip, something like that. And, and, and it'll take me like a day just to hand these fucking forms. And I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So, I'm like calling up the post office to find out where it is. I've got this tracking number and it's just like they're so unhelpful, you know? Like, I've got the tracking number, I'm on my phone and it's a computer, of course. This is, man, alright, I'm fucking AI dude, aren't I? I'm all for AI, but then when we try and use it in ways that are actually affecting my life, suddenly I hate it. Isn't that interesting? Because this is what computers are supposed to be used for. Making shit easier. Oh, I already, I feel insecure about telling this story because it's not funny and I feel like I'm just getting angry. And I just want to yell and fucking scream. You know what? When I found out, the way that I found out that this is what was going on was I put, I was like, oh, it's weird that mum's hasn't arrived yet because she sent it before dad sent his and I put the tracking number and it just, I just saw Kalgoorlie. It doesn't even, it does, the system doesn't even say where it's, apparently going to isn't that fucking nuts like you send a letter and you say it's going here and they go great and then they scan it in the system and then you put your tracking number in and they can't even tell you where it's going they're just like well it's here and it's like all right where's it going well it's here right now well what the fuck are you fucking doing with it then 
And I, I, <laughs> I sent my voice, I sent my girlfriend a voicemail, like a voice note when I found this out, just like stressing and like, you know, it's an important process for her as well. But I just could, I'm, I just, I feel, man, my, my mate was saying the other day when he has feelings, he has a joke with his girlfriend that like there's fight or flight response, but he doesn't have flight. He just has fight. And that really kind of resonated with me i was like you know what i think i'm like that i just have fight you know i just get angry when i have things that are difficult and sometimes it's not the appropriate response sometimes it is but like you know and when this happened immediately and i was saying this to my girlfriend i was like i just want to find the person who i can direct this anger at but there is no person it's such a difficult thing to accept you know that when shitty things happen that are so annoying sometimes there's no person isn't it like i guess it's the fault of the person who was working at the post office who my mum told her this is what needs to happen this why is that a oh maybe my mum said it was no my mum did say it was a lady oh thank god I was about to call myself out on. Anyway, my mum said to the lady at the post office, she goes, this is very important. It's to do with my son's adoption. It needs to get to Perth by this day. And they went, yep, great. It's absolutely going to. And satisfied my mum that that was going to happen. And then it's not happened. So like, is it that person's problem? Because they made some mistake in entering the data into the system. Or is it the problem of like, maybe they weren't, you know, properly trained and who's responsible for that? And it's like, as soon as you start going up the fucking thing, it becomes more and more diffuse as to who's actually responsible for this thing. But it's like, and I mean, maybe I'm all right, maybe I'm responsible for trying to get this done in such a short time frame because I'm leaving on Monday and... You know, like I could have planned better or something. I can take my share of responsibility for that. But ultimately, it's no one's problem. But I'm going to be the one who has to fucking pay for it. And I just was letting that out a little bit on the, on the voice note to my girlfriend. And the message she sent me back was like, I don't even think... I mean, she's also, you know, she's like in the middle of like study and she's having a busy day or whatever and then she just gets this message but it was I, I felt that she was reacting to the anger that I put out there and I was like oh yeah like it's important for me to remember that when I get angry on a voice note even when it's not at her she's like getting those emotions you know like now she just has to feel bad because I because <laughs> I feel bad <laughs> I mean, that's the joke, isn't it? A problem shared is a problem halved, is it? I don't think it is. I think in this instance, I, I've had one problem. Or maybe it's like this. I've had the problem of the post office people and I've shared that with her. But also, the other problem that I have is I'm angry. And when I share that with her, I've also, you know, in, in having one problem, I've created another problem with my fucking psycho anger, and then I've given her two halves of a problem. That's one. But also, my anger doesn't go away. You're multiplying problems. Oh, mate.
And that's the thing is like getting angry. It's like love when people talk about love. People who <laughs> people who are like, you never heard someone who's like into polyamory talk about love and try and justify why they should be, you know, I mean, whatever, polyamory, fine. I think it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I think polyamory is so fucking stupid. I guess it's all about what are you actually looking for in a relationship. If you're just looking to fuck heaps of people or fall in love or whatever the fuck it is with heaps of people, that's great. But for me, a relationship isn't about those sensations and feelings. It's about building something with someone to try and have the kind of life that you want to have. I mean, for me, I think a relationship is the ultimate endpoint is having the kids and having a family and raising children and bringing people into the world and whatever. Maybe some people aren't doing it for that. But everyone who's always tried to justify polyamory to me, they're like, when you have love, when you give it to someone, it doesn't take it away from you. It's just more you have an infinite amount of love. That's what they say. <laughs> How can you not get jealous, man? There's jealousy involved. I don't fucking know. You're weird. You're creeps. <laughs> um, but it's the same with hatred, though. Anger. It's like, I'm angry at the post office and I want to find someone to yell at. But if I yell at that person, it's not going to make me feel better. It's just going to make them feel worse. And the same with, you know, my girlfriend. When I met, when I send her a voice note and allow myself to get angry and start swearing, stupid fucking cunt, fucking piece of shit, dick, fuck. It's not making me feel better doing that. It's just making her feel worse, even though it's not directed at her. There's something about that. It's interesting, isn't it? When anger's not directed at you, just hearing someone experience anger in that way, yelling and shouting and swearing, is upsetting. I mean, you guys on this podcast, probably tune into the podcast, hear me getting angry. That's the thing, though. I don't know. Like, I hear people get angry, and it doesn't upset me. It, it, I, it excites me. <laughs> I get excited. I hear someone go, fucking fire. I'm like, oh, yes. I think it's funny. I think it's real funny to listen to someone lose the fucking plot. So, you know, maybe you guys listen to the podcast, you enjoy it. But my girlfriend, let's put it this way, does not listen to the podcast. <laughs> she does not enjoy listening to me screaming and swearing. So when I did that to her on the phone, yeah, I think it really bummed her out. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, yeah, man. So the, the fucking AI, as well as talking about before, the AI shit. When I'm on the phone to the post office, I went down to the physical post office and those guys were super helpful. I'm not, they were great. And they gave me this number to call. I mean, they didn't really help, but they were, like, cool about, you know, the situation. And then I got on the phone, and the fucking computer thing, voice lady idiot on the phone <laughs> is, like, they're, like, well, first of all, they're, like, are any of these numbers ending in blah, 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 your post? And I'm, like, no, those are things that have already arrived. So I'm, like, zero, continue. 
And then it's like, okay, what's the tracking number of your package and we'll try and find it. And I'm like, all right, ready to type it in. No, it doesn't want you to type it in. It just wants you to read the tracking number out. I'm like, you know what? That's kind of cool. I'll read that out. It's like a fucking 16 digit tracking. It's long. It's probably like 20 digits. And I read it out and it's like, is this, did you say me two, seven, eight, zero, zero, four, uh, but the number that it reads out wrong, just a hundred percent incorrect. It's not a hundred percent. There were two digits wrong. It heard everything I said correctly except for two digits, but there's no option to like re-enter it or fucking enter it on your phone or anything else. It just reads out the wrong tracking number. It's like, what the fuck is the point of this fucking system if it can't hear me and it's reading out the wrong fucking number? There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go, mate. There's the anger. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> we had a dig and we found it. Fuck. So I'm angry. I ended up getting onto a guy, he was very helpful. I was proud of myself for not getting angry at him. I just expressed the way that I felt and, you know, he was fucking awesome, man. Some Canadian sounding guy. So that's where I'm at. If I don't have this shit, oh God. If I don't have this shit by Monday, then I'm just gonna have to fly back to Perth midweek in March sometime and do it then. And this whole process will be set back several weeks. I wish I could cry. This is a moment when I just feel like I want to cry or like do something. It's so hard to have feelings and just hold them in your body and not do anything, but just feel them and experience them. I think that's what I've been trying to start talking about in the show is that I used to use alcohol as a way to get rid of these feelings or just to get myself away from having to feel them. But it didn't end up stopping the feelings they would just come out afterwards when i was really drunk and i would smash stuff or yell at people or whatever oh mate anyway it has been a lovely week except for that until i got home yesterday before that it was fucking awesome there's a nice little video that i took of my mates down the beach at the quiet beach man we had a gopro um and uh, we were just filming stuff it's like waterproof, it's got, it's on the little stick. And so we're just swimming out in the ocean. We had, uh, we had um, goggles. There was one, one of the guys had a snorkel and then me and the other guys had, had goggles. We're just swimming around. You can look at everything in the water. Goggles fucking rule, man. Goggles are crazy. Why do I never take goggles to the beach? If there's like rocks and you're swimming over rocks and everything, you can see everything. I just forgot how good it is. And, like, the difference, like, you really cannot see anything when you've just got your eyes open. How long has it been since I wore goggles? When, you know what? Right in. You tell me, when's the last time you wore goggles? And if you don't, you'll find me hanging from a pair of goggles from the nearest tree in this uh, beautifully situated house in Subiaco in Perth. That's the, these are, this is the deal. You guys know the deal. You guys know what it is, all right? If you don't write in, let the blood be on your hands. That joke's been going for quite a while on the podcast, hasn't it? And I feel like the longer it goes for, the more people are going to start listening who 
weren't listening when I first thought of the joke. And, like, it's not making me laugh now to say it again, but I still think it's pretty funny. <laughs> like, a guy, maybe it is making me laugh. <laughs> like, I'm so unhinged that I'm just like, if you don't write in, I'm going to kill myself. I mean, that may be... We'll see what the mileage on the joke is, but this may end up being one of my favourite running jokes in the history of the podcast. <laughs> and I'm just... I'm so aware of the fact that, like... Like, I'm on tour at the moment, so there's going to be new people listening to the podcast from the shows. And... Uh... <laughs> By the way, if you've been to the shows in Perth and you are listening, thank you very much. Welcome. Uh, tell me the last time you wore goggles, you know, write in at Aiden Jones comedy on Instagram at sitting under podcast on Instagram and tell me the last time you wore goggles. What was the last time? Oh, it must've been in school, man. I always just thought goggles were for like soft, you know, weak people who couldn't handle just having their eyes open underwater. But actually, it allows you to see so much better. But now my memory's kind of fucking with me. I'm like, was I able to see better underwater when I was younger? Surely not. Let me have a go at the explanation here. Because I think the reason that it's hard for your eyes to see underwater... What is the reason? Why can your eyes not see underwater, but then as soon as you put a little bit of plastic or whatever in front of them then they can. That is a really good question. Let me get my phone out. Now. Why can you see underwater with goggles but not with the naked eye? Rightio. The human eye... The bending of light as it passes from a substance of one density into a substance of differing density. Ooh, okay. But then... Right, so, but that's... Uh, a close look at humans underwater vision. I mean, this is going to take... Why can I see clearly with goggles? However, water has a similar density to the cornea, so light doesn't refract properly. That's why when you're underwater, everything looks distorted and blurry. Goggles, however, create a pocket of air around the eye, which allows light to refract properly and help you see clearly. Oh, interesting. So it needs the air in front of the eye to be able to refract properly. So it's not just... A, yeah. Because when it's going through water, like... No, this is so far beyond me, I think. Provide excellent vision. Refraction is important to human vision because to get a sharp visual image, incoming rays of light must land precisely upon the retina in the back of the eye. A crystalline lens inside the eye does some of the necessary bending of the light to focus those images. I'm going to read that. I'm going to read that later. That's just fascinating to me. That's got to be... That's Washington Post, A Close Look at Humans Underwater Vision, June 30, 2003. Have a fucking look at that, mate, if you want, if you're interested. And if you're not, just send me in your stories about the last time you wore goggles, if you remember. And if no one writes in, then this is the last podcast ever. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a bad thing to joke about. 
We had goggles though. We were swimming around. And you know what it is? Goggles make me feel safer. Being able to see under the water makes me feel a lot safer. Um, I'm genuine. I'm, I'm generally, sorry, very scared when I swim out any deeper than just like what I can touch, you know. But the goggles, they allow you to be able to look down and you can see everything. And then you just like the dark bits. You can see what's in the dark bits. You can see what's in the rocks and the coral and everything. And so you just feel better. So I was swimming just like real far out. And it was like a beautifully calm day. I was seeing all these fish. I was diving down deep trying to chase the fish. I was swimming in between little like cracks in two bits of rocks and stuff. God, it was the best. I just watched the video. There's a video because we had the GoPro and we were just doing stupid fucking bits, you know, pretending that we were like, the Nook boys out exploring nooks in different bits of rocks and stuff, laughing, joking. And then <clears throat> I was sitting back at our towels and the two other guys were playing uh, like little beach tennis with the like, you know, the like, um, those like Nerf tennis rackets and like a ball playing on the shoreline. And I just uh, sat there and filmed them for a bit. They were talking about Pokemon. <sighs> And at the time, I remember just thinking, this is nice, I'm filming my friends, but I kind of wish they would do something, like or something would happen or one of them would dive for the ball or whatever, and I only filmed them for like a minute. But I just watched it again just now and remembered how happy I was in that moment there, and it was really nice. Um, and it made me kind of wish that I'd filmed for longer, but, you know, whatever, I didn't. It was just wonderful to hang out with those guys. And I guess I never give myself an opportunity to like go and do something for a whole day and not worry about work, emails. And I'm not going to lie to you. I still did see a few emails come in and just looked at them and then left them as unread. But like 99% wasn't focused on any work stuff or comedy stuff or anything like that. Just riding around this island in the sun, talking to my friends, talking shit, trying to make each other laugh. And that's what it's all about. That, is, that actually is what it's all about. You know what? That's the title of this week's podcast. That's what it's all about. Um, and the picture of this week's podcast is going to be a picture that I took of the three of us on bikes riding yesterday morning. <clears throat> that's what it's all about, man. Life is supposed to be you work for a bit to have some money and contribute and then you get to go and enjoy the world. And not doing that, you're kind of fucking yourself, hey? Like, if you're just working, 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 you never get a chance to enjoy it. And we're all here to enjoy the world and it's a beautiful place. You get to go out in nature, walk around, see some animals, see some fish, you know. Look at the sky, swim in the water, feel it. Laugh with your friends, sit around, have an ice cream, make jokes, say stupid shit, take photos. Like, that's what it's all about. Um, and it's so crazy that it's like, it's so easy to just get caught up in work and forget that. Like, I've been to Perth, like, 
eight times and that's the first time I've been to Rotnest. And really the main reason that we went this time is because the guy who used to work over there, he's moving to Sydney with his girlfriend soon. So he's not going to be here next time I come to Perth. So that was like, you know, the last convenient opportunity to go over there with him and let him show me all the stuff. And it just so happened to be my birthday. But why has it taken me this long? I've spent every year I come here, I've just spent every day sitting in cafes, trying to write jokes, sending emails, trying to get work, trying to get gigs. You know? It's like, for fucking what? I mean, I guess that's the thing, though. I want to do the thing that I love and get paid to do that. And I've shown from the 14 times that I've been fired in my life that I'm not content to um, to just work some bullshit job that I don't care about. I can't do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. So... Yeah, maybe that little bit of like self-entitlement that I kind of hold on to and, you know, that prevents me from getting a shit job. That little indulgence that I allow myself, the price that I pay for that is that I have chosen this career where I just need to be on all the time and I don't get that many holidays. I've chosen a career that is like fun for me, that I enjoy on a fairly regular day-to-day basis as opposed to someone who just does some bullshit work that they hate but they just do it. It's almost like everyone kind of gets the same amount of shittiness and I've chosen to have it spread out. So like I'm having a pretty good time most of the time and sometimes I have a shit time. Whereas other people choose to just have a really shit time for a big bunch of time concentrated. You know, like my dad who's a fucking welder. But then... Outside of that, you get to fucking have completely a great time that's your own time. I was listening to Louis C.K. on a podcast talk about how life is a zero-sum game and how everything that, you know, when good things happen, bad things happen, and when bad things happen, good things happen. It feels like a kind of conception of karma that he's talking about. But I think he's right. I mean, maybe it's a bit, I guess, naive to think that I mean, some people's lives are just shit. You know, some people are just born into bad conditions and situations and they just they just have shit lives. But I still... I, I Maybe it's not like a universal thing, but from what he was saying, I, I kind of... What he was saying was like, everyone gets the same amount of whatever and it's your choice as to how you kind of space it out in your life. And when bad things happen to you you can get good things from that. And also when good things happen to you, it can mean that bad things, you know, like if you allow yourself to have develop hubris <coughs> and not be grateful for the good things that are happening to you, eventually you'll fall or when bad things happen, you have the opportunity to learn and have experiences that not a lot of other people will have and then you have a better perspective on the world and on life, which helps you. I think it's a really beautiful way to look at things. I've been listening to a lot of Louis C.K. podcasts lately. Um, I don't know if you guys are listening, what your thoughts on him are. Um, if you can't fuck with him anymore, I understand um, if that's just changed the way that you see him. But for me, personally, I am lucky enough to not have... I think I've talked about this before. I'm lucky enough to not... When I hear about the, you know, that he joked off in front of these women 
he asked if he could and they didn't say no, but we've established later that he had this position of power over them and he was almost like willfully ignorant of that fact. I don't think it's like a you know, fuck you forever thing that he did. I think it's just a mistake. I think his apology was pretty good. Um, he took responsibility for it and he went away for a while and you know, whatever. And and the reason that I'm still able to engage with his work is because I'm lucky enough to not have had the experience that he subjected those women to. And so when I hear those stories, I don't put myself emotionally in their position. But if you're a woman, you probably will. So I, I had this conversation with my girlfriend and it's like, she's like, I don't know, I just it makes me feel weird. And I'm like, I totally get it. That's fair. I'm not going to push it. But I'm lucky enough to not be in that position to have that feeling. And so the upshot of that is I get to listen to him because he's also, believe it or not, incredibly wise about life. And he's had this, these experiences that not a lot of other people have had. And just listening to him talk lately, I've been fucking really loving it, man. The Theo Vaughn podcast that he did, if you're looking for something to listen to, go listen to that. The first hour and a half, they're just kind of talking shit about school and stuff. It's still funny, but it's great. But then at some point, he starts talking about comedy and just life in general. And it's beautiful. I've listened to it twice. Loved it. Um, anyway, what the fuck? How the fuck did I start talking about this? I can't remember. Well, maybe how that's maybe that's how I can see. Hey, 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 hey. All right. Maybe that's how I can see this shit with the adoption. You know, because look, one lesson I get from these dealings with the post office is when you're dealing with the post office, do not trust the person behind the counter to make the changes that need to be made. Like, in the future, if I'm ever in a situation where I need them to change the address, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, just you do it. Nah, I'm like, get me a new envelope and let's just completely cancel everything you just did and we're starting again right now. Because you can't trust people to do shit for you. You just can't. People look at their own shit going on and they're just fucking stupid. That person was just doing a job. They've chosen to have all of their shitty moments at once so that they can go on holiday with their kids or whatever the fuck it is. And, uh, yeah, working at the post office must fucking suck. But maybe there's some other shit that I'm going to learn from this process about how hard it is, about the importance of family, about being grateful for... You know what? Already going through this process of having my dad adopt me is making me so grateful for the fact that he's my dad because he's, like, really showing up, you know? And uh, he doesn't really express it in a kind of vocal way or emotional way or a lot of any other ways. <laughs> But when it's come down to getting this done, he's been right there the whole way and it, and it's really meant a lot to me and it's shown me, you know, that he cares for me a lot in that way. Um, so that's kind of cool, isn't it? Anyway, look, I think I'm rambling right now. What's the point I'm arriving at? That I had a lovely birthday and then I've had a shit, just another part of this process of adoption and dealing with bureaucracy. But... The solace I can take from that is that this is an experience that probably not a lot of people have gone through um, in trying to get adopted and just dealing with the depths of the state and bureaucracy. And it's interesting to see 
how the world works and experience that firsthand. And there's probably going to be some stuff that I get from going through this that uh, is unique and cool. All right. That's the end of the podcast, eh? Thank you guys so much for listening. If you've come to the shows in Perth, I really appreciate you. And, and if you uh, have come to the shows in Perth and you know anyone else who would want to come, let them know. I'm on Wednesday through Sunday this week again. 8.30 at Belgian Beer Cafe, and then from the 17th to the 26th in Adelaide at Gluttony. So if you know anyone in Adelaide, hit them up as well. Other than that, if you've liked the podcast, five stars on iTunes or Spotify, go get that. Follow us on the Instagram, Sitting Under Podcast. And uh, thank you very much for listening. This has been Aiden Jones, Sitting Under a Tree. Peace. <laughs>